Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Our scripture reading this morning will be taken from the book of Acts, the third chapter, and beginning with the first verse. One day Peter and John went to the temple at three o'clock in the afternoon, the hour for prayers. There at the beautiful gate, as it was called, was a man who had been lame all his life. Every day he was carried to this gate to beg for money from the people who were going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John going in, he begged them to give him something. They looked straight at him, and Peter said, Look at us. So he looked at them, expecting to get something from them, and Peter said to him, I have no money at all, but I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I order you to walk. Then he took him by his hand and helped him up. At once the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and started walking around. Then he went into the temple with them, walking and jumping and praising God. The whole crowd saw him walking and praising God. And when they recognized him as a beggar who sat at the temple's beautiful gate, they were all filled with surprise and amazement at what had happened uh, to him. Lord, help us to understand what we have just now read. And as we think together this morning about a saying disciple, keep in mind that fourth verse where in the modern translation it simply says, they looked straight at him. They looked straight at him. About four or five weeks ago, down here on one of our major highways, coming upon one of our major highways here close to us, I looked both ways and didn't see anything coming. And so I pulled out and nearly ran down one of these great big 16-wheelers. Well, you can imagine who would have run who down if I'd got out in the way. But you know, I did not see that trailer coming. I did not see it. And I know that I looked both ways. And after having that experience and somewhat shook up, I was, came on to the church and happened to read this scripture that I just read to you. And this is why I sort of burned into my mind what we want to think about this morning. The message that is carried here can be found in many places within the scripture. It's not peculiar just here to the, uh, to the book of Acts. And it talks about the disciple and it talks about being able to see. And we have this beautiful story of these two men going into the temple to pray. And here is the custom was, the scripture tells us, that this man had been placed there, we don't know how many years, but evidently circled every day he was placed at the gate, uh, this beautiful gate going into the temple uh, because he was a very smart person or those who helped him were very wise because they knew that the people who went to church and who worshiped God are the most generous of all people. And so he had the right place in mind to beg. And now here he had been begging. But notice what the scripture is really saying about, uh, about uh, Peter as he goes into the temple here to, to pray. Peter and John. 
And it's as if this day is the first day uh, that they really see this baby. The very first day. And yet the writer tells us that this man had been placed at that gate for more than a few weeks, you see. And that is so important for us to be able to see, whether it's physically or whether it's spiritually. If we're going to be able to walk more perfectly physically, it means, dear friends, that we must be able to see if we're to walk without, without stumbling. Now in this day in which you and I live, it's almost come to the place of where in our religious makeup we are thinking in terms of it being so private. Well, now there's nothing wrong with one aspect of our salvation being private. We've got to know that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and He belongs to us. We've got to have this type of very personal communication with Christ. But then there's another aspect of it uh, that happens after one has met the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, this is not something something new uh, within the New Testament uh, that uh, Jesus talks in terms and as revealed here within our scripture that we have a relationship uh, with other people in this world. Uh, we are not uh, necessarily a private Christian at this level. We owe something uh, to one another, you see. Now that's not new. If you read the commandments, you will find that four of them have to do with God, a man's relationship with God. But the other six as strange as it might seem, has something to say about a man's relationship with another human being, you see. And so what we're talking about this morning is not just strange and peculiar to the New Testament. It is the center of our salvation. We need to be able to see spiritually one another as the creations of God. And that is so important that we see properly, you see, because... Well, the greatest thing that we have in health-wise is being able to see. And when it comes a decision, if you had to make this awful decision, whether you were going to keep your eyes or, or a leg, a one-hour leg, the leg would lose. Or if I had uh, the terrible decision to make between one eye and my arm, or one arm, the arm would lose. I remember a man within the congregation, his little 10-year-old daughter was losing her sight, and and the doctor told them there's nothing that medically that they knew at that time that they could do to even slow it down or stop it. That within a few years, she'd be totally blind. And, and the agonizing of this man for his daughter, well, you can imagine what it must have been like, uh, the agony and pain that this father went through because he knew what a terrible handicap had placed on his, his daughter and even to the place where she might not be able to cope with it and to live. Well, I know another father uh, that feels the same way about you and me. That's what we're able to see spiritually. Uh, that says what kind of contribution that we're going to make to God and to his kingdom through serving one another. And now we are back to our scripture. Peter and John, on a routine visit to the temple to pray, they saw a man. They saw a human being. They saw a person. Now, does that sound very astounding to you? Well, it is in a way. And in some ways, of course, it's not. But why is it that we fail to see one another as the creation of God? 
Well, it could be that we are so busy with our own problems and difficulties and frustration that we are so preoccupied that we really haven't time to see anyone else or we can't see anyone else. That's a physical, emotional, and a mental block. Or perhaps we think that it makes us less the human being we ought to be if we see certain people, you know, and, and associate with them. And it takes away from our person instead of uh, adding to it. I remember having the funeral of an old aunt of mine, and I was amazed at the, at the service. The, as I was in the funeral home, and the people who, this has been years ago, and when people, the people that came to, to pay their respects. And I was sort of astounded, but I was so proud of what I, of what I saw. And would you believe that I saw, she died suddenly like, I saw the, the town bum, it was from a small town. I, I saw the man there that sits on the sidewalk and, and doesn't do anything and, and drinks what he can get a hold of and begs for whatever else. But would you believe that he came and paid his respects and stood there at the casket and wept? And he hadn't washed for so long that you could see the channels that the tears made in his face. And then there was the man that uh, the sheriff of the town. He came. And in that county seat town, the, the one who was the the principal of the superintendent of schools of that county. He came. And the mayor of that town came to pay his respects to, to this lady. And I thought about the whole panorama of life within that city uh, that this little lady was connected with. And I said to myself, I would like to be able to live in such a way that I would have made some type of Christian contact with that panorama of people. But sometimes we only see those who have been to the same school we have been to. And we only see those who belong to the same social group that we belong to. And we see those who only dress the way that uh, we do. And if we see them act in any other way or with any peculiarities, uh, we cut them out of our vision and our responsibility. And so we are blinded to some degree if we are not careful. And I don't think any of us set out necessarily to do this deliberately. No, I don't believe that at all. And then I see that as these two men went into the temple to pray, they saw this man and they saw that he had a need. Now that sounds simple too, doesn't it? Well, I guess it is. If you see a person walking around with a cane or a crutch and if he's limping, but I think, I think of the other ways a person can be in need. A way that a person can can really be in need. And do we really see them? 
And this day was different from for some reason. And they were able to see that he was crippled. Well, there must be a thousand different ways that a person can be crippled. Betrayed. A loss of friends. A shattered or broken heart. Fear of what might happen. Been embittered. And so we could add to the list. And here the man was at the temple gate. Oh, we think we isolate ourselves from our community. Uh, but how many people are at our gate that are in desperate need of what you and I have to share with them? To give them the stability, to give them the courage, to give them the wherewith that what they need in order to be able to live and to be the creative person that God intended for them to, to be. They saw a man in need at the gate. <clears throat> there was a boy along with several others that frequent the church every once in a while. And he would go and come at will and because his mother had passed away and his father was too busy making a living to know where he was during the day to start with. And there wasn't a watermelon in the summertime in 10 miles radius of where he lived that was safe if he knew where it was and there was only a vine to protect it, you know. <laughs> dangerous situation and there was a little church though not too many people went to it but there was a young lady that went to that church and she was a Sunday school teacher and I am quite sure that this young man thought she was an ancient person though she was only about 17 and one day she took that uh, unkept dirty boy by the ear and held him at, uh, at arm's length and looked him over and told him that soap was not necessarily fatal to a boy. You know, it's not really fatal. You might try it. And then a little later on, there was a teacher. All you who teach. You may not see it sometimes, but what influence you have. It must be a calling. And then one day there was a teacher that took him aside and told him, that a boy doesn't always have to be dumb. But there are books. And there are people who are committed to help you to understand what you read when you read those books. And then a little later on, uh, there was an old preacher that had to walk with a cane. That told him on one occasion there might be some place in the kingdom of God that Christ would have need of you. Now you say, well, how do I know so much about that boy? Well, I am that boy. A few years on me. <laughs> oh, just a few. Well, the thing about it is, you see, do we really see 
I feel sometimes we within the church, we've become so preoccupied with what goes on within the four walls here uh, that a cripple could be placed at our beautiful gate too. In a sense. And how long would it take us to be able to see that person as a person and as a person who is in need of what we have to give to them? Well, let me hurry quickly. They saw a person. They saw a man. And then when they saw this man, they realized that they had something to give to him. Two disciples realized that they had something, something to give. It would be wonderful, I suppose, if we could help a person by just talking to them. I guess we would all be great help, would we not? But sometimes it takes more. It takes a sacrifice. It takes, takes inconvenience. It takes going out of your way. It takes frustration. It takes heartbreak. To be able to be put on the line for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are in a community. And we are in a society. Where there's more frustration today I suppose among us than it's ever been in the history of man. And oh the heartache, the difficulties, the hardship, the hurt, the pain, the agony. That is out there on every hand. There's not a one of us here this morning. But what I in all probability doesn't know someone that is in great need. And if you don't, I guess that's even a greater tragedy, is it not? When we think about our society in which you and I live. And they had something to, to give. Something they could not keep. As soon as they saw the man, they realized that they had something to share with him that wouldn't keep until tomorrow. You know, there's some things you can keep. Now, this pad here some years ago, a, a, a pet rock, you know. Well, you can keep that thing for a long time unless you get mad if someone throw it at them, I suppose. Or you can keep a dime. There are some things that you can preserve, too. And Brother Ron, in relation to his calculation, tells us we can pick a cucumbers, you know, and real good ones, too. I mean, they're dandy. There are some things you can preserve, some things you can keep, but there are some things you cannot keep. I don't care how good you are, how wise you are, and how hard you try to do it. And we do try to to keep some things that we can't. We sort of try to keep our beauty, do we not? Well, I tell you, we, we got a going thing about that. And we just keep them busy day and night, making all these things, these ointments and sprays. Why? I heard a man say that if my wife prayed around the house like she sprayed around the house, that, uh, that there would be a real religious home. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Well, we all have these things, do we not? And I'm not against it. I'm in favor of you doing whatever you can to make yourself look better. You know, I like to see pretty things. So just go ahead. That's all right. It's nothing wrong with it. I'm saying some things, though, you can't keep, and beauty is one of them. The Egyptians thought they had the solution to the problem, and the best they could do was to develop a mummy, you see. And we still dig them up. But it can't be kept. You, in the Old Testament, you couldn't keep manna, uh, the bread from heaven. It couldn't be kept. If they kept it more than one day, you know, it turned into something uh, that was a stinking mess. They, they couldn't eat it. And folks, one thing you cannot keep, and that is love. It'll turn to lust in spite of all. It'll do it. Pin your heart up and say it's going to stop here. 
And I want to tell you, you're in trouble, though you may not realize it, for weeks and months to come. But when you cut your heart off from doing what God had intended for it to do in such a beautiful way, and that is just to love, you're in trouble. Another thing you can't keep as a Christian uh, to yourself, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, if you try to keep the Lord Jesus Christ to yourself, you're going to wind up just like the... Uh, the people in the Old Testament wound up, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees. That's exactly what they tried to do with God, you see. And what happened to them? They turned in to one of the most bigoted people, uh, groups that have ever lived upon the face of this earth. And the end result of it was that when the Son of God came, they were so turned inwardly that they did not recognize Him as the Messiah and killed him by crucifying him. Think about it. You cannot keep Christ to yourself any more than you can keep love to yourself and for it to be the beautiful, wonderful thing that God intended for it to be. And so they knew that they had something to give to this man. And in the last place, they gave this man what he didn't ask for. I take note of that too. How interesting that statement is. He was looking to them for money. And so typical of Christian people, you know. Peter right out said, we don't have any, you know. Well, we, we come in good, good stead, you know. Good line of people. Peter said, I don't have any money. Well, probably, he probably really didn't. But what I have, I'm going to share with you. You see, this man really didn't know what to ask for. And sometimes within our society, we run into people who are too embarrassed to ask for what? They really need. And some really don't know. Uh, the average person out here that is without a job, he, he doesn't want to ask for relief. What he wants is a, is a job. <coughs> Sometimes our children ask for toys, but what they're really asking for is not more toys, but the more time. Give me more of a demonstration of your love and care and concern for me. Now this, this, this man was, he maybe didn't know, I don't know, but uh, but he wasn't asking for the right thing, you see. The thing that he was asking for wouldn't make him go into the temple necessarily and be able to walk and to jump and to praise God in a, in a very physical demonstration. Uh, but when they shared with him the Lord Jesus Christ, and Jesus did for him what Jesus can do for any person, it says he went into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. And that's what you and I have. Uh, we live in a, in a world today. And this world in which you and I live in today, we look at the nations of this world, including our own. And they're asking for more bombs and for men to fight in order to build a a greater stockpile of all of these things of destruction. And maybe to a degree this needs to be done. But this will never make our nation leap and jump and praise God. And let none of us think that it will. Maybe the thing that our nation should be asking for is more churches. And more people who are committed to Christ. Could it be possible that you and I today are witnessing again a crippled world at our door. 
question is, as you and I who make up this church, can we see this cripple at our door and prepare ourselves to minister to it the way that you and I ought to as being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? And as their custom was, they went to the temple and at the beautiful gate, there was a beggar that had been placed there of his custom for years. And on this occasion, Peter saw the cripple and ministered unto him, told him about the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, I suppose when you strip everything else away, the only thing that we have to really to offer to this world, to our community, to the person next door, the one down the street, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we fail to do that, we fail to be a seeing disciple, and we deny that person the opportunity of walking and leaping and praising God. Oh, our Father, help us that we might be careful disciples this day to the degree that we would be able to be truly that disciple that we have been called to be, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 